TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and as always, I have not just my brother from another mother, he is the world-renowned Avenger of Arthritis, Dr. <laughs> Damien Christoph. Hello, Avenger. <laughs> I've always wanted to be an Avenger, I've got to tell you. Like, it's, one of the, it's one of the shows one of the the great series um, of of shows, big picture, big movie shows that I, I would love to be an Avenger. I don't know about an Avenger of arthritis, but let me tell you, I would love to be an Avenger. Well, the reason why I say Avenger of arthritis is because yeah. it is a beast. It is 3.9 in the lives of 3.9 million Aussies who have arthritis. That's one in six people. By 2030, mm-hmm. that's only seven years away, there will be 5.4 million Aussies with arthritis, around 2 million people are of working age. That's 15 to 64 years of age. It costs mm-hmm. the healthcare system $5.5 billion. That was in 2015. It will be 75 by 2030. Um, children can get arthritis. It's the leading cause of chronic pain, the second most common cause of disability. I mean, it's just... It's not a small thing. This is not this is not on the fringe. And I thought on the back of a, um, the double episode we did recently on preventing chronic disease, arthritis does not get in the conversation enough. And let's be honest, because most people think it's a normal part of aging and mm-hmm. almost they don't see it as an illness. They just see it as, yeah. a, um, as something that happens when you get older. I mean, this is the... The insanity of of our, of it, if you think about it, but this is actually such a prevalent um, part of our lives that I think it deserves an episode demo. Yeah, it does, PC, and it's it does affect a lot of people. And you put those numbers into perspective, you know, talking about a fifth of the population uh, being impacted or living with arthritis. Now, when we talk arthritis, there's a number of different types of arthritis, and the most common most commonly understood type of arthritis is osteoarthritis, not to be confused with osteoporosis, both very different diseases, but both affecting the bones and the joints or the bones and then um, bones for osteoporosis and then bones and joints for osteoarthritis. But the other arthritis or arthritis that we often hear about are rheumatoid arthritis. So we won't go too much into that, but suffice to say that that's an autoimmune condition and that can strike down very healthy people, um, and for no particular reason, well, no apparent reason at least anyway. So from a natural medicine perspective, we have our views on that. From a chiropractic perspective, we have our views on that. Um, but we're not here to debate that today or to talk about that. We're going to be talking about osteoarthritis. The other arthritis or arthritides that we might also see, which could also, which are also autoimmune diseases, uh, are things like psoriatic arthritis, and that's linked to psoriasis or the skin condition psoriasis. And so psoriatic arthritis is a degenerative condition. It's inflammatory as well. Um, very de- 
debilitating and uh, is horrendous for the person who's got it. Um, and then juvenile rheumatoid arthritis is very common too. We see that with children, they have a massive inflammatory response to something in the environment, which triggers a inflammatory response to their joints, which is kind of global. And these poor little kids suffer with an inflammatory hot um, arthritide that's crippling, debilitating, requires medicating and all, all kinds of stuff. And Hopefully most kids grow out of that, but of course that that really impacts uh, their development because of the stage of life that they're in and their ability to play and join with their mates and get good at sport and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, But we'll talk mainly about osteoarthritis because I think really when we talk about arthritis these days, PC, most people would identify with osteoarthritis and, and how that makes them feel and how they know that their grandmother or their grandfather had osteoarthritis and that they don't want it anymore and or they don't want to get it um, like such and such got it or their auntie or their uncle. And so we'll definitely talk about you know, strategies and things that we can do to prevent it. So so many people think osteoarthritis is uh, you know, quote unquote, wear and tear arthritis and the the like the normal that's just what happens to you when you get older. But can you give us the Avenger of Arthritis definition, the wellness uh authority definition, uh the one hundred not out podcast definition of osteoarthritis? Mm, yeah, well, look, there's no doubt about it. Osteoarthritis is absolutely related to wear and tear. Um, but I like to liken this to kind of car tires. And so, you know, when your car has, I mean, you know, your car's been going for a long time at 30,000 Ks, you happen to take it in for a service and the mechanic goes, oh, your wheels are out of alignment. So now your tires have been wearing unevenly, um, your left your front and your right front have both worn unevenly because there's a, you know there's no wheel alignment, so you've been pulling against it. And the interesting thing in this case is that the tyres at the front and the tyres at the back have both done 30,000 Ks. But one of the sets of tyres, the front tyres, not the rear tyres, have worn faster because they've been out of alignment. And I liken this to the same situation in human beings with joints that are not working properly. And as a result, they wear inappropriately or too rapidly. So we see in the chiropractic space, we see people that come into our offices um, and they might be, I don't know, 20 years old. And we see early signs of wear and tear in the spine, could be the neck, could be the thoracic spine, lumbar spine. And we would say, up oh, early signs of degeneration in that area you better do something about it and we give them advice and so on and so forth then we see 30 year olds come in and we go oh far out and there's signs there of uneven wear and tear and a tendency towards um some arthritic stuff going on there you may not have arthritis right now but if you don't do something about it it's likely to turn into something a little bit worse than what you've got which is just pain then we see 40 year olds and then it gets worse every decade so but what i always say to the people that come in and I have to tell them they've got arthritis in their neck or in their thoracic spine or in their lumbar spine. What I've got to tell them is that each of their bones are exactly the same age. Every single joint in their body is exactly the same age. It's just that for whatever reason, that joint was performing poorly. So in other words, it wasn't working the way that it was supposed to. And so it wore unevenly or inappropriately and too quickly. And so as a result of that, the brain loses confidence in that joint, in that in the ability of the joint to perform its function. And as a result of the brain losing confidence in that area, either it's inflammation or degeneration wear and tear, but the brain locks that joint down. 
and it locks it down by creating calcification um, in that joint, and that calcification creates spurring. And in the case of the fingers in our hands or the joints in our elbows or the joints in our toes or whatever, where they become degenerated, they get little um, little cysts that form in the joints, which then create an inflammatory cascade, which then locks down the joint with arthritis as the joint becomes degenerated. Um, bony spurs form in those areas and the joints no longer perform their role and they no longer feel comfortable. So it, if you take that story back to the story about the tyres, it all started because there was a lack of alignment. Um, and that lack of alignment probably happened because the person who was driving the car hit the curb when they were parking mm. and they thought, oh, well, it's not much there, not much damage done there. In fact, I didn't have a fender bender. I just hit the tyres. And so they didn't know that it caused a, you know, a, a muck up with the alignment, so they didn't do anything about it. Much the same as someone who has a, a minor accident or something that you know, seemed relatively innocuous, you know, insignificant, um, happened to their body, but they never got it corrected. And then 10 years down the track, it's now a big problem. Um, this is what we see, and that's what I liken it to. It's something you thought wasn't a problem, but is now a problem 10 years later. And um, it's generally because a joint hasn't performed properly for a long time. So this could be, and again, um, I know you are the world's greatest chiropractor and I'm married to the world's greatest retired chiropractor, but I do remember <laughs> that uh, Sarah Tug would often cheek, be talking about, you know, talking, you know, if there were people coming in and she'd be seeing them at the initial consultation. And a lot of these, like you said, hitting the curbs of life are somewhat um, not innocuous, but we, we play it down. You know, I had a car accident when I was 18 in a pee plater and there would have been some physical stress, but I just got out of the car and kept on going or um, whether it's a chemical stress, you know, whether it's uh, binge drinking, whether it's poor eating, whether it's having way too much white sugar in the diet um, or any other type of, you know, toxic over indulgence of something or that emotional stress. And, I, and I'm sure it's probably a bit of a harder link to emotional stress and arthritis. But I also think of like that feeling of arthritis, the, like you said, the loss of function, the calcification for me. Um, and I don't know if I've read studies on it or if it's just something that I get reminded of, but that very stubborn, like that, like sclerotic emotion of just rigidity. like rigidity it almost can manifest in the body if we've kind of manifested that in our mind for over and over and over and over. It's not like you were rigid and stubborn for a day. We're talking like a, a, a trait that you display as almost a way of life. Is this something that you find uh, when you, and again, I'm not sure if you have those types of conversations with people coming into Vita when it's, uh, you know, when it's arthritis, but is this something that you find people are resistant to because they're so used to the fact that it is, I thought it was a normal part of aging or is there a level of responsibility that you find people take when you're having this conversation around osteoarthritis? You know what? I think, PC, and it's a great question, I think a lot of people are quite surprised to find out that they've got arthritis, particularly in their neck, you know, which is something that we have to talk about all the time. It's a, you know, As a chiropractor, we're looking to make sure that what we do is effective, but at the same time, what we do is safe. So we have a look at the x-rays of someone's neck, and if we determine that there's arthritis and that's got a role to play in the way in which we'd manage somebody's, you know, cervical spine health, right? So when you tell someone that they've got that problem, you've kind of got to go back to where that began. And it's like, you know, what was the trauma that you had at that point in time? And 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 again, like it it, it could have been a hit, a tail, like a, a nose to tail, um, 
situation where you hit or were hit um, at a at a pace of like five or six or seven k's an hour, not very much at all. And science, the studies have actually shown, like in terms of in in those crash test test dummy in, environments, that there's enough forward head motion to cause a whiplash at a speed of five kilometers an hour hitting a stationary object. Mm-hmm. So at just five k's an hour, you could cause a whiplash trauma to the neck. Now, what is a whiplash trauma? Doesn't always result in pain. Doesn't always result in sprain or injury per se that would actually classify it. But if there's been a bit of a clean up, a little bit of a fender bender there, and you've hit like a wall, for example, or a stationary car, or a stationary a car, well, you've just car reversed into a light, or you've reversed into a pole Something near little. your driveway, <laughs> and you're looking over your shoulder, and you're looking yeah. over your shoulder, and it's like a lateral, yeah. a lateral whip, right? That that little bit can tear and stretch the ligaments um, around and the and the the fascia around the spine um, and around the discs and around the joints of the facets in the spine. And that little bit of injury can be enough just to cause that joint to not move the way in which it's supposed to. And then over a longer period of time, it then becomes a problem. So, and, you know, this can start anywhere at birth um, all the way through to when there's an accident or you've been concussed, knocked out or whatever. Um, and in, in many cases, for the most part, it goes unchecked and unmanaged. Now, in saying all of that, sometimes people will have an accident and nothing happened. You know, like you look at their spine 10 or 20 years later, they go, oh, yeah, I had a car accident. Um, the car rolled 14 times, landed on its roof. I had to be helicoptered out. Uh, I was taken to the Alfred Hospital and I was in a coma for, you know, three years. And they come out of the coma and there's nothing wrong. You kind of go, how does that happen? Um, and that that I put down to chance, but it's more often that it's something that's relatively insignificant and it's become a problem. Now, I've got a situation at the moment, Piercy, where my little finger I've broken from trying to take catches in the slips when I was um, playing cricket. cricket. Now, Damn. yeah, and this joint here, the the first joint in my, in my little finger, so not the knuckle, the one in from the knuckle, mm-hmm. that tends to be sore quite a lot of the time. So when I'm playing golf, it's triggered when I'm, you know, I don't know, when I'm doing push-ups, I feel it, you know. So it's just it, I'm very aware of it. It's on my left hand, unfortunately, because it's not my dominant hand, but I'm definitely aware of it. And my wedding ring rubs up against it, and so I'm very aware of it. Um, but the one thing that I'm doing more now than what I ever have before, because I didn't think I was going to get arthritis, Piercy. I didn't think I'd be that person who got arthritis. And my cousin the other day said, look at my fingers, Damo. And I looked at his fingers and he's got arthritis through his hands. Now, he's been drinking a lot of alcohol. He's been eating some bad food over a long period of time. And his body generally is inflamed. And it's highly likely that as a result of the sports that he's played and the diet that he's had, that he's had more rapid degeneration in his body. And he's the same age as I am. Now, I've started to move my joint in my little finger way more than what I have ever moved it as far as I can be aware. Much the same as getting an adjustment, you know, quite regularly. I'm trying to move my finger to try and turn back time. And I'm and I'm trying really hard. Now that is not without pain. It's actually quite painful to do that because I'm trying to get the joint to remodel or at least not fuse up and then lock down. That's what I'm trying to do. So when you're moving joints that have been damaged and they've been damaged for a long time. I finished playing cricket more than a decade ago. 
Oh, no, not more than a decade, almost a decade ago because I finished when I was 40. So I'm not 50 yet, but nearly, you know, nearly 50. So I finished about a decade ago. I'm now trying to move this finger to turn back the hands of time because I probably broke it when I was 18 or 19 or 20 years old, something like that. So I've got a, I've got a bit of work to do. Now, can I regenerate that joint to be as good as new? Most probably not. Most probably not. But what I do know, PC, is if you don't move it, you lose it. The moment you stop moving it is the moment you start losing it. So I've got to make sure that I keep it moving more than what I have been moving it for the last couple of years because I want to return it back to good function because I want to keep playing golf. And I want to play in the Masters games, ping pong, table tennis with you, PC, dragon boat racing, um, table tennis, whatever we're going to do, I, I really want to do that. And uh, and I need my little finger to be working. This is um, This is enlightening. And you also said earlier that, the brain loses confidence in kind of giving that part of the body instructions on how to function. So yes. you kind of want to give that feedback back to the brain that you want to keep on functioning. Um, yes. Because I was, uh, you know, now that you've spilled the beans on your little finger, you know, I wanted yes. to ask you, uh, and I, I don't, I don't know if I know if it's arthritis or not, but so as, as you and others may know, I fell over off my bike in 2000 and, 10 i broke my shoulder into a million pieces on my left side and Uh in the last i don't know two months opening the the jars with my left hand which is which is my dominant hand i write and everything um that index finger has become more um just i don't even know if i could call it arthritis i wouldn't know as i'm going is that arthritis i don't know um And I said to Sarah, I was like, babe, my left finger feels a bit iffy. She's like, oh, it's probably rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you've got straight to the end. Thanks, babe. You've called me off. Yeah, like you said earlier, you just have a massive, she was being annoying and and hyperbolic. But anyway, so I'm listening to you going, okay, you are um, doing exercises to, because I've written down here in asterisks, can you reverse arthritis? This is before you told me about your little finger exercise routine but you know i'm sure there's people like me because i'm going very similar to you like 10 years later you know left shoulder nerve flow down to the whole left arm and the hands and everything am i just beginning to notice a you know secondary trauma of that accident all these years later and we've given enough examples in this episode to know that yes something you experienced today can be linked to something that happened 10 or 20 years ago um is is it people that are listening going oh yeah well you know my right ankle or my left knee is it um are you doing this rehab with confidence like i want i'm looking for an empowering outcome here like is it a hope and pray thing with arthritis i mean you're also the food guy so is it a nutritional thing where you go right i'm going to you know cut down on grog use an example there earlier or i'm going to relax more because i'm just a bit Oh, like tightly held. Like, what? What is it that? Yeah. Um, yeah. What can listeners do, myself included, you included? That gives us a confidence or an empowerment that we're not subject to this wear and tear. Oh, you're stuffed because you're old type thing. So you, that you feel a bit inspired to do something about it. Yeah. Well, the, I I had a lady who came to see me when I was working in Middle Park many many years ago, and she owned the local IGA, and the local IGA, which was just across the corner, um, was a great place to go. And she was a Greek lady, and you and I were, you know, I, de- I love her now. I love her already. She's a yeah, Greek lady. Love so, her. <laughs> yeah, so beautiful. She's such an awesome woman. And she was talking to me about her fingers, and they were driving her crazy. 
Anyway, it just so happened that earlier that day I had spoken to a lady and she had a recipe that had been handed down by her grandmother. And this recipe was um, for arthritis, for arthritis. It contained honey and apple cider vinegar and some spices and cloves and all this sort of stuff. And it sounded unbelievable. So I gave it to this lady from the IGA. The recipe. I never kept a copy of myself, right? Oh, I, I was going to say, what's the recipe? I've got the ACV and honey out on the kitchen bench. Don't you worry. I'm going to get this recipe. Don't you worry. I'm going to find it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to hunt it down. Anyway, and and the lady who gave me the recipe said, you've got to take a dessert spoon of this every single day. I said, okay, cool. Anyway, I passed it on to this lady who owns the IGA, and she started doing it. And I said, the other thing you've got to do is challenge the joint because you need the body to flood the joint with the – white blood cells and all of the debris cleanup cells and and munches that you need it. So you need your fibroblasts, your fibroclasts, your osteoblasts, your osteoclasts. You need your white blood cells, your macrophages. You need all of these things in there to go and clean it up and mop it up so you can remodel it the best you possibly can. She goes, do you think it's going to work? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you give it a go? She goes, what have I, what have I got to lose? She goes, you know with a bit more of a Greek accent. So she did that. I kid you not, within three months, her fingers were straighter than they'd been in the last decade. And then she continued to do that. And I remember her telling me how good her fingers felt. And she'd come in and she'd be doing this with her fingers, like squishing them and moving them around. And she said, I'm not there yet, but I'm doing much, much better. And I was like, that's unbelievable. So Ever since that day, whenever I see other people come into my practice and they've got arthritis in their fingers, I say, you've got to challenge that joint. You've got to challenge that joint more than what you know is comfortable. So Mm. get your fingers together and grind on those knuckles and really hit it. Don't click them too much, but definitely get the knuckles and grind them because the knuckles, when you grind them, squash them together create a little bit of inflammation and that little bit of inflammation is going to help to remodel that joint and that's what we want to have happen we want to remodel it with improved movement now of course if you've broken the capsule and you've ruptured it and there's you've lost all the hydration in there and the ligaments have been torn and 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 the and and the tendons are in trouble it's going to be much harder to restore function but let me just say that if there's any hope of the joint coming back to being as good as it possibly can, then you want to seize it. And you've got to do all that you can because your brain will remodel if you start to use it. Mm-hmm. So you want to use it because what you don't use, you will lose. You want to use that joint and just take it beyond where you thought you could take it. It's going to be painful, but it works really well. I'm not suggesting that you go and click your knuckles. I'm not suggesting that you go and pull your fingers. Um, all I'm suggesting that you do is that you challenge the joint. Um, that could be with a stress ball, that could be with your own knuckles. It could be that you go to your chiropractor and ask your chiropractor to check your hand joints or your toe joints or your ankle joints, your knee joints, your elbow joints, whatever. Get the whole lot to be checked as well as, of course, your spine joints because they are the most important joints within the body. So my thing is, it's never too late. You probably can't get it back to being as good as new, but you probably delay, slow down or prevent progression of the degenerative condition. Now, this is also contingent on the reduction of inflammation within the body. You've got to make sure that you decrease inflammatory processes within the body. If you've got inflammation in your finger and you eat a bad diet, then the inflammation will be exacerbated in your finger. 
Mm-hmm. If you've got inflammation in your big toe and you eat a bad diet, then the bad diet will contribute to an exacerbation of the inflammation in your big toe. Mm-hmm. And of course, further degeneration will ensue. So make sure your diet's really healthy. Drink lots of water to filter your kidneys, mm-hmm. help it all flush out, and um, and then keep moving those joints so they at least get a chance to get back to being great again. I have two more questions on behalf of our listeners. One's a really quick sure. one. One's a bit of a longer one. The really mm-hmm. quick one is, true or not true, it's bad to crack your knuckles. Yeah, it's true that it's bad to crack your knuckles a lot. So if you're cracking your knuckles multiple times a day, that's not a good idea because the joint never gets a chance to fully restore and reset itself. So that becomes a problem. So if you went and got adjusted by your chiropractor multiple times a day, every single day for the rest of your life, I reckon you'd be in a bit of trouble. I don't think that would be very, very good. If you had a dysfunctional segment, a joint in your body that required adjustments every single day to make sure that it restored some degree of function um, over a shorter period of time um, or a moderate you know, period of time, then that would make sense to me. But if you're doing it all the time, every day, you know, forever, that you're going to disrupt the function of the joint and the brain will lose confidence in that joint's ability to be well um, and it'll probably start to lock it down. So I would... I would caution against cracking your knuckles. I'm going to be mindful. I'm going to start counting. Um, All right, last one. Oh, but my mum's got arthritis and my grandmother's got arthritis and her mum had arthritis and it's just in the family. Mm. The genetic Mm -hmm. conversation around arthritis, uh, your say, Avenger? Yeah, well, look, there's definitely a familial link um, to this. It's not necessarily genetic. Genetic would mean that there's a code in your DNA that says you're going to get osteoarthritis or you're going to get osteoporosis. Now, what's interesting about that is that the gene is likely to be something that triggers inflammation or it's likely to be something that affects absorption of nutrients like vitamin D and calcium and iron, for example. So that could be the gene. But then we learned that genes actually, uh, you know, the function of the genes are triggered by the environment. And so if you do what your mum did and if you do what your mum and grandmother did and if you do what your mum, your grandmother and your great-grandmother did, then you're likely to get what they got. And so my suggestion would be that you do things slightly differently. Eat differently, move your fingers better better, or move whatever it is that you're concerned about better. Um, If you're concerned about osteoporosis, do all the things that you should do to prevent osteoporosis. That's another episode. But for osteoarthritis... If you're concerned about that, then do all the things that you should do to make sure that you don't get it. Um, And that would be restoration of the function of the joint that you're most concerned about. Mm, Oh, this has been fabulous. And I I think we go, I reckon we make an effort in our, um, our next batch of 10 years to do more episodes on one topic or one subject or one a condition or whatever, because even with this, we could do a whole series on on the many different types of arthritis. Um, But on osteoarthritis, the most common form, which uh, has, like you said, one in five people, um, you know, on the hook, we've got to actually make this a priority. And this has been a great conversation. I think lots of tips in there. And I think the biggest one is reducing inflammation. It can be done if we take responsibility, physical, chemical, emotional responsibility, and not to just get sucked in by the wear and tear, normal part of aging, 
and so on. It's all about the alignment, as Damo said. And if you aren't seeing the world's best Cairo in Melbourne, make sure you are seeing the <laughs> second or third best Cairo in whatever town or suburb you live, or well, the best Cairo in the suburb that you're in. But if you're anywhere yes, near Sandringham, make sure you go to Vita Lifestyles. Damo, I could uh, talk about this forever. My family has just arrived in the driveway, and in about 30 seconds, mm. there will be a cacophony <laughs> of children the <laughs> studio slash office door is open and so i'm going to bid you and our wonderful listeners farewell until next week folks as always continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life bye for now this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.